to another episode of Ice Time with your hosts, John Horton and Matt Pascazzi. Thank you again for listening yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and for all your continued support. Be sure to check us out on Twitter or X at Icetime9899. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, be sure to send us an email at Icetime9899 at gmail.com. Each new episode will be released Monday and Friday with some episodes in between on Wednesdays. You can get these episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, and of course our YouTube channel, which is at Icetime. Um, and we are just very happy to be back giving another episode here. Um, Matt is going to take the reins for this one today. Hope everybody's having a wonderful holiday week. Uh, Christmas is around the corner. We haven't discussed it yet, but I think we will at the end. Probably won't have an episode Monday because it is Christmas. But yeah. <laughs> um, we will be giving you this one and we hope you enjoy it. So I will shoot it over to Matt and we will get started. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode with uh, with us, us good guys over here. Sorry, I was just typing up something, so I had to kind of put in filler right there because I just found something interesting right. to add to one of my little things here. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So to start off, um, I actually didn't even notice this. You brought this to my attention. Um, I think I saw it and just kind of like forgot about it. But huge news, and we do have to kind of give it up to Kid, Sid the Kid. Uh, Sidney Crosby over there in Pittsburgh is uh, 13th all time now. And did you say that was on goals or points? It was points, right? Points. Yeah, it was points. points. Okay. Yeah. Goals would be. I typed right. <laughs> I know. I typed in goals, and I'm looking at this, and I was like, "That's not right." Okay. He's good. in the 500 club, though. Oh yeah, so. no. I mean, he's he's a legend. So just crazy. I mean, he's got 33 points in 30 games this year, which got me thinking about a, a comparison that a lot of people make. Um, you know, him and Ovi are similar ages. Um, totally different play styles, of course. But they play in the same division. They've been playing in the same division against each other for years. So a lot of people kind of put him and Ovi uh, in the same kind of conversation sometimes. So. I'm just thinking right now, Ovi's 38, and we're seeing a sharp decline in his game for a number of different reasons. Um, you know, I got to imagine the injuries, the wear and tear, the fact that he's 38, which we've talked about for professional sports, is basically ancient. And he's a big power forward. He's a big guy. It's hard to move yourself around as efficiently as you used to. So I think that there's a lot of things kind of playing into, you know, why he's not really producing as, as a high level that we have seen him produce in the past. So with that, Sidney Crosby is 36. So my question to you is I guess do you see a similar path for Crosby like is it is it feasible to you that you could see Crosby kind of having another year here or a year or two here where he looks like the Sid the kid we know and then we see like a steep decline or you do you see more of a gradual decline from him or do you think that he's going to be kind of like a Yager you know esque figure where we're just going to see you know consistent play from him literally until he retires yeah, yeah, uh, man, that's good. That's good. Yager's crazy. I just saw him score a goal. And yeah, dude, that's it. That's what I got thinking about. Yeah, he just signed another contract. Um, I, th- I think oh he like God. stopped playing for a little bit, and now he's back. It's just the, the guy never 51. stops. Dude, he's a legend, and he's still scoring. Dude, I mean, I know it's in the Czech league. It's not the NHL, but the guy's incredible, and that's what got me thinking kind of also in this whole this whole little sphere here. So yeah, I'm just interested kind of what you what you see for Crosby, I guess, in his, his near future. Yeah, you know, like, because last season with... Ovechkin, he played well, so it is a little concerning to see a drop off this big. I think part of it's also just, I mean, I know the Caps are doing a little better now with um, 
the record, you know, 16 and 9. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like, uh, you know, his roster is a little shaken up, the lack of players. I think, and this is, you know, nothing to take away from Crosby, of course, but he still does have Malkin and Latang and, mm-hmm. um, you know, that it, with the team aspect of that, he's able to make those plays with them. I think you can definitely see um, his game slowed down a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's like so minuscule, which makes me wonder. Um, I think he's the type of player with his work ethic and just what he's done that like the second his body starts to fight back against his mind, I think that's when he'll, he'll retire. I think he'll, you know, he'll want to keep his pride intact and, uh, you know, then he'll, he'll probably hang up the skates at 36, the way he is now point per game still. I I think he hasn't had a single season where he's not point per game. Mm. Um, and all those concussions I'm thinking, I don't think it. I don't think it'd be a steep decline. I think that would be nuts. I think it'll definitely be a gradual decline. Um, and but I also think he's the type of player that won't let it get to that. Whether it's from you know training regiments, or it's just from like knowing exactly when like to quit. Like I understand Ovechkin not retiring yet because he is so close to the all-time goal scorer record. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it is like I think what sixty, seventy some goals. Um, so I do understand him trying to power through it, but now it seems his body is telling him otherwise, um, even though he still can't score um, in the NHL. So, yeah, no, I, I think it'll be a gradual decline, and I think it'll be a graceful decline. And I, I think he won't let it get to the point where he's invisible out there. Hmm. No, actually, I think that's a really good take. Um, I kind I mean, I pretty much agree. Honestly, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think the one exception to that that I could see happening would be an injury. Because we've seen him yeah. get a lot of concussions specifically. I mean, a number of other injuries as well. Who doesn't get injured when you play in the NHL for as long as he has? But I think besides like an injury kind of taking him out and, and really making things difficult for him, I do have to agree. I think I, I see kind of a, a, a path for him there where we're going to see him go out gracefully. I mean, we have seen him be this kind of elegant player on the ice for years. The skill, the skating, the, the leadership. I mean, I hate him. I do. I hate him. I hate watching him play. I hate when we play against him. I hate him as a player on the ice because he is just kind of like he gets under your skin. He's like annoying, you know, like Sid the Kid. He's, he's had that reputation for a little while. But as he's gotten older also, I do have to give him the kind of the respect. I think we've seen a lot of maturity from him. And, uh, you know, he's he's a wonderful player. So, yeah, I do have to agree. I think that he'd uh, he'd either retire before it gets too bad or, um, you know, like I said, if, if there's like a big injury that kind of knocks him out, then that would be another way that I would see him kind of have to like be forced out essentially like i like i guess i'll put it this way if he's not forced out of the game then i see a path that you see as well where it's going to be you know when he's ready he's going to go out gracefully so we'll see we'll see i mean we got a few years here he's 36 um who knows if he's got one two three four more years in him who knows but we'll be definitely something to keep our eye on um like you said he's still a point per game player so he's still still putting up points still entertaining hockey coming out of pittsburgh there for as bad as they've been this season but uh with that i will go into another team in, in the metro a little bit of a Homer, uh, Homer uh, transition here. I couldn't think of the word. Uh, just had to mention the Rangers here. Just plug the Rangers. I mean, I know we plug the Rangers a lot. But third in the league right now, first in the East. And, uh, you know, we were talking recently about Igor's play and how we were kind of dis- you know, disappointed, expecting more. He was inconsistent. We've seen some of that mental game, especially that coupled with how good Quick has played. It kind of makes it like you're sitting there and you're like, you're watching Igor give up some soft goals and you're just like, man, we could have Quick in there right now. It sounds funny to say we could have Quick in there right now at however old he is and, you know, expect him to perform, but he has been performing. He's actually statistically one of the best goaltenders in the, in the league right now. I mean, I know he's only played like 10 games, but still. Anyway, um, so with that, I got to ask you, how are you feeling right now? I mean, we've won two games uh, straight here. We got 
a big win against the Bruins in a, in a grindy game. And then uh, some weird bounces in the Toronto game, but uh, really nice to get get that revenge game. Mika had a few points in there. We saw um, Laugh had that freaky little bounce on the power play as well. So nice to see him get on the score sheet. But uh, yeah, how are you feeling about the Rangers right now? And I guess specifically, are you feeling a little bit more confident in Igor? Um, or are you still kind of cautiously optimistic, I guess? Uh, I was I was definitely excited to see how they responded, you know, because that's the thing with hockey in the 82-game stretch. Um, there's going to be wear and tear games. You know, some players aren't really feeling it as much. Um, you know, some players are more tired. They don't hustle. You know, they look up at the scoreboard and they see uh, it's 3 nothing. All right, this game's a wash. we got another one in two days. You know, not trying to get in their head, but it's human nature, you know, at times mm. to be exhausted and tired. And I think... Um, you know, props to Peter Laviolette, you know, because that happens in every time, every team. And, the, you know, the coach is only as good as, as a goaltender. And, um, you know, when Igor was struggling, uh, you know, they didn't do what some other coaches do. They panic and they bench him and then they get this guy in and then it like doesn't work because then the other goaltender is cold and it's just a, a spiral. And then the coach gets fired, you know, they, uh, you know, they waited for Igor to really, you know, get his mind back in. Now he's had two solid games. Um, where he's played a lot better, he's looked a lot sharper, and it's not just him. You know, the defense as well stopped playing like they had, you know, lead in their skates. Which you know, I guess they were just tired from blocking shots and whatnot, and that's fair. Um, and they were back to full strength with Miller back in the line, and I think it's uh really exciting to see how they were able to you know correct course there and and you know not lose too many games in a row and just you know keep consistency of winning, staying above five hundred. Um, Igor. You know, getting his head screwed back on straight was great. And also with, like, um, Lafreniere that we talked about, like, he only had four assists in 12 games, which is brutal. And, you know, um, the reporters asked Laviolette, like, you know, the concerns about that. And he kind of brushed it off and said, you know, he, you know, he's been hustling, he's been working hard, he's been trying to get out there. Mm -hmm. And then he scored a goal that night. So hopefully that is a sign that he's going to get out of this little rut and get a little more offensive um, you know, firepower out there. And um, same thing with Mika and Kreider. Like, you know, there's times where they go on cold stretches. It's not anything new. Mm. Um, I think it's annoying when <laughs> sometimes fans and people, and I do it myself sometimes, but, you know, they, they act like they've never seen this before. Like, oh, what? Like, what, what's going on? These are a tell. Why are they doing this? Like, it's almost as common as, as the, you know, the sun rising and setting. Like, it's just what they do. It's who they've always been. Mm. And uh, do we want them to change? Sure, but they won't. And you just have to kind of like roll with that. And I think the coaching staff knows that, you know, they're not, um, you know, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. It's not going to be like that. So, no, I, I'm I'm excited to see it. I still am a little cautionly, cautionly optimistic in terms of their roster. Um, I know Blake Wheeler's been playing a little better, but I think for sustainability, they're really going to, like, Chris Drury's going to have to do something at some type of trade deadline or even sooner to really mm. grab a decent, you know, we don't need like an all-star right winger, but they need like yeah. they need like some decent like guy that's going to be dangerous out there, whether it's by scoring goals, generating passes, or even just being intrinsic on the ice in terms of you know pulling defenders away from other players. You know, maybe like it's just something else because uh, you know I think you, you can't just have like Brodzinski's been good too, but he's a career AHLer, and not saying he can't be greater than he is, but I think it for my cautionary optimism. Um, I think it'd be good if they're trying to shop around in some uh, form of way. 
Yeah, and uh, all some really good points there. I have to agree with you. I mean, th- this coaching staff in general, we've seen some really good stuff since they've gotten in here, but I have also really liked how they've handled the goalie situation. I mean, I know they were a little overly conservative with Igor when he got hurt, but it also seems like his injury may have, like might have bothered him a little bit more than kind of the team and the media let on. Like me and you, I know we both thought that was just kind of a freak, like small little injury and he'd be back. Uh, it took a little bit longer than we expected, and then he came back and he didn't play great. So uh, it seems like... They were a little overly cautious with him. You know, at least that's what we thought. But I do think that was the right move. And I think um, I have to agree with you in terms of like keeping Igor in there, like staying ship. You know, we are we're sitting here in, in third in the league. We're one of the best teams in the league right now consistently. So we can afford to, to run with Igor and, you know, hope that if he's having a bad night, we can kind of put on a performance and make up for it or hope that, you know, he'll, he'll kind of right the ship. And I think we've seen him, uh, you know, right the ship, so to speak, in these past couple games. Uh, and with that, just a couple notes on the Rangers before we kind of move on. Uh, so note came out recently that, uh, supposedly Kako might be back after the all-star break. So that'll be a nice little boost our roster. I know that he wasn't necessarily putting in the points, but, um, you know, depth and also, uh, like you were just talking about, we do need kind of, um, a better presence at wing. We really do need to try to maybe, maybe look for somebody to bring in at the wing, um, before the trade trade deadline here. So yeah, if we see him back before the all-star break, that would be nice or not before. Actually, I think it would, they were saying like right after the all-star break would be kind of when we might see him come back. Uh, and then a note on Phil. Uh, unfortunately, Hedl is uh, going to be out for a little bit longer than we want. Uh, he's actually going to meet with a independent concussion specialist. Uh, he's been kind of a uh, very renowned, um, used by a number of different teams in the league. He's a, uh, you know, a concussion specialist that all sorts of different players have seen and stuff. So he is, he's the guy you want to go to, right? So, you know, that's good news um, that he's getting, you know, making that connection and he is going to, you know, get that, get that opportunity to work with him. But unfortunately, you know, he does need to go and see him. So that's not a great sign, uh, you know, with this being, I believe, his fourth concussion. So definitely something to be a little bit concerned about there. Um, really just a lot of question marks on whether or not we'll even see him come back this year. Uh, and then a guy who supposedly we're not going to see at the NHL level at all this year, which I am actually a little bit happy about, uh, Brendan Othman. Supposedly uh, the plan is to have him in the AHL all year, which I know we've mm-hmm. talked about a number of times. Good. It might be worth kind of bringing him up for a game or two, but I do have to kind of agree yeah like you said good i like this uh let's not rush him you know historically we have not done the best job of developing forwards so let's let him sit in the nhl and develop especially right now we don't need him on this roster um if we do need help it's going to come in the form of a veteran or you know somebody who's played in the nhl before so let's let him develop a little bit um but yeah with that i'll uh, I'll move on to another team here uh team in the east who's also um you know, it's, it's about Patty Kane. It's the Red Wings. So it's a little bit relevant for us as the Rangers as well, because I will bring in a little bit of note there. But uh, interesting that since the Red Wings got Kane, they are one in seven. And I know it's not all his fault. I mean, we've seen some really, really poor defensive hockey from them recently. Uh, there was actually a video I saw online of their, uh, their head coach, Derek Lalonde, just on the bench with his head in his hands, just like screaming after his both of his defenders were just like way above their blue line puck goes off the boards bounces behind them guy literally just splits them gets a puck free one-on-one open with the goalie scores and it and he's just sitting there with his hands and head in his hands on the bench just screaming like are you kidding me (laughs) so we have not been seeing good stuff out of detroit recently which got me thinking about how we did with kane so i went back and i looked at the the games that we had kane on our roster um and he played from my rough count and not including the playoffs, he played 22 games with us in the regular season, and we went 13-9 and nine in those games. Um, and I know a lot of that also was up to us. Um, we weren't playing super consistently. We had brought in him. We brought in Tarasenko. We were working out the lineup kinks, uh, and then we saw how we performed in the playoffs. You know, nothing ended up working for us, really, and we ended up losing. So uh, a lot of other things going on there. 
But interesting. And so it got me thinking, and I'm going to ask you, do you think that Kane has had that much of kind of like his presence has negatively impacted kind of how they can deploy the lineup and kind of the choices they can make? And maybe that is why this is happening? Or are you more inclined to believe that there's kind of other forces in the works um, and that Kane is just kind of a cog in this big machine that is not running very well right now? It's a great question um, because I was I was seeing some Red Wings fans. Uh, usually, when I see posts like dedicated to one team, I like to go in the comments, see what the fans say. Mm. And a decent amount of fans say that Patrick Kane looks good. You know, six points, eight games. Um, obviously, plus minus isn't great, but mm. he really ever has ever been in his career. Um, I think like even before he was on the Red Wings, we talked about even before the season started about how the Red Wings really still have questionable blue line strategies and players and goaltenders between the pipes. But mm-hmm. um, I think that they'll develop finally. Well, clearly that does not seem to be a full-blown case. I think maybe you can throw a little bit on the Patrick Kane signing. Maybe there's mm-hmm. like this overabundance of, oh, Patrick Kane's here now. He's going to score uh, you know, 40 goals for us this season. So, you know, it's we could take a breather. but. Um, it is interesting to think that he, I, I see, I see your point that people are trying to make as mm-hmm. well, that maybe he is negatively impacting it because there's this distraction of him on there. But I think the end of the day, the main concern for the Detroit Red Wings is just how their players are executing, um, their game strategies. Cause mm-hmm. clearly, clearly they're dropping the ball on that. And I think that's, that's leading to. It's leading to a lot of their downfall. I mean, you you've seen you saw the games, uh, the Rangers beat them in. You know, they came out strong, and they would uh, score like two to three goals in like maybe twenty seconds to a minute, and that's impressive. But then they kind of just fall apart, like, mm-hmm. and they kind of crumble like a gingerbread house because it's Christmas time. Throw that in there, and I think that <laughs> is part of their problem. I think, I I think Patrick Kane does more good than harm for them. Um, I think maybe you can throw a little bit of, oh, he's on the team, so we can take it easy a little bit to some extent. But um, I think it's more so just a lack of uh, game plan executions and uh, uh, team chemistry. Mm. That, that's that's kind of like how I see it. No, that's fair. And um, I do, I, I agree with you for the most part. I think the one thing that gets me thinking that Kane has a little bit more of a negative impact than maybe some people might think is the negative five. And I know that, like you said, he's, he hasn't been touted for his plus minus throughout his career he is not a defensive defensive minded forward you know he's going out there and he's scoring goals you got patty Kane on your roster he's going out there and he's scoring right that's kind of the idea but that negative five just doesn't just doesn't sit right with me and I, that's that's the part of it that kind of makes me think that you know he's on the ice when these goals are getting scored so not like yeah he might not have had a direct impact on that but the fact that he's not that defensive minded forward i'm sure is playing into it a little bit but yeah i think like you said it is kind of the overall structure and the overall way that they're playing and kind of the fact that maybe they are tapering off here. You know, they had a really hot start to the season and kind of that now we're seeing those defensive lapses and the, and the goaltending struggle is kind of catching up with them. But yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to kind of keep our eye on and, and see if they can really figure it out because they have a, a pretty good young roster here. They, they have, you know, they're certainly competitive. They've shown some really good stuff this year. So, you know, it's definitely a chance for them to make a kind of a, a push here, but we'll see. Uh, so moving on, going to just a, just a funny note. Uh, nothing really to talk about here, but this is just classic. Uh, and I, I, I don't know if you saw this. I feel like you probably did see it online because I know it was kind of floating around there. But, um, you know, 
so Flurry has always been a, a bit of a prankster, uh, especially when he was in, uh, in uh, Pittsburgh. You know, they call him Flower. He's always pranking people, right? And he's got all sorts of good friends still throughout the league. He's just one of those fun-loving guys. You know, he seems like one of those guys you want to be around, you know, and uh, just a very positive kind of guy when he walks in the room. So when the Wild played in Pittsburgh recently, he actually snuck into the locker room and changed the helmet on Letang's bench. Now, I have no idea how this happened. Like, I mean, he probably knows people in Pittsburgh and was like, like they have equipment manager or something and was like, hoo, hoo, hoo. or like maybe he had someone do it for him because, I mean, that just sounds wrong. Like, how would he be able to like sneak into their locker room? But supposedly he like got into the Pittsburgh's locker room and changed Letang's helmet to an away helmet so that if he went out on the ice, he would get fined. Like, he didn't do it so he would get fined. He did it to be funny. Obviously, he's, like, playing a prank on him. But the equipment manager, like, one of the guys in the locker room, caught Latang and was like, hey, like, just so you know, you got to change your helmet or you're going to get fined. Uh, so I just thought that was really funny. Just, like, a classic little... That's awesome. Dude, just that a classic... Awesome. It's classic flurry. I mean, he's literally, you know, Flowers known as, as a, a bit of a prankster. So, um, yeah, did you happen to see that or was that was that your first time hearing I actually didn't. It? I actually didn't. That is, that is awesome. I, right? How funny I know is he that? liked to... That's awesome. That's so far. I know he liked to mess with Crosby skates when he was there. I remember yeah. he used to like Dude, he would like tie them together and stuff. Yeah. That's oh, what I mean. Be, that would be so infuriating. No, I know. <laughs> but uh, so I'm just, I'm just then I'm, uh, I'm going to run through a couple injuries here before we get to maybe like one more topic and then we'll, we'll uh, go into our um, our segments here. You know, I got, got some other stuff mm-hmm. to cover here. But um, just a couple of notable injuries. And actually, you had brought them to my attention. Um, so Jake Ottinger is week to week right now. Um, hopefully, for, you know, for a few of the stars, you want them to come back sooner than, sooner than later. Uh, they look like a force this year, second in the um, second in the central right now, 40 points. Uh, not that he's, you know, had not that he's doing all of that by himself. Of course, you know, it's a great hockey team there, but he is a huge part of, of when they win and when they succeed. He's a huge part of that. Uh, and then another player who is uh, a little more familiar to us, TJ Oshie, is uh, going to be going on IR. So, you know, who knows if that's going to be if he's going to come right back off IR or if it's going to be weeks after that. But that is a big loss for the Caps, especially considering that they have been, you know, kind of surprising people with, with how they've played this year. And I think if they were in another conference, they'd have a much better chance of making the playoffs uh, or not conference well also if they were in the west of course anybody in the west would theoretically have an easier time but also i just meant division in general because you know we've talked about how hard the metro is but uh yeah and then not an injury but it's just an interesting situation so we saw it come out here yesterday that nolan patrick had retired from professional hockey uh and you know there's that injury history there he was uh he was a number was he the number one pick or was he the number two pick i honestly i can't even remember i think he was the one though right was he the one it was like 20 I don't even remember when it was, but yeah, regardless, he was number one, number two pick, super high pick uh, made by the Flyers, and then it never ended up working out. He had injuries, uh, some neurological issues, headaches, concussions. Uh, So supposedly he quote unquote retired, but then his family confirmed like two hours after somebody wrote that online that that was totally fake and that he didn't retire. Um, I don't even know if he's like playing right now anyway, but just an interesting note, something Mm -hmm. to kind of keep our eye on there. It's, you know, if you put it out there, it'll stick sometimes. And that's kind of what happened. But uh, something moving into something interesting that I just happened to stumble upon today. So if I asked you to vote on who like the most annoying fan bases in hockey, just give me like two or three that you think of off the top of your mind. Doesn't have to be like in order. Just name like two, three teams that you think of right away that you're like, oh, my God, those fan bases are so annoying. Oh, man, that's tough. Right. I feel like annoying. there's a bunch, right? Yeah, probably. I do like the Leafs, but probably the Leafs. Mm hmm. Leafs are definitely up there, just because, like, what are you, what are you cheering about? <laughs> um, they haven't won anything in 60 years. Um, ooh, uh, mm, probably, mm, probably, I think some Bruins fans, 
probably the okay. Bruins fan base, and then I would probably say the Devils. That's, okay. That's what I'm going to go All with. right, so I totally see where you're coming from with all those, um, and especially with the, the Bruins and Devils in particular, because I think for us in the Northeast, and especially as Rangers fans, they annoy you know they annoy us very much yeah. very much so oh, yeah. um so the reason i asked that is because i found a uh, little study somebody did i mean it was only like 3500 votes so it's not like it was some huge sample size I, I don't even know who conducted it but they did a study and they basically asked people to you know rank how annoying every nhl team's fan base was so the top five most annoying fan bases as voted by like i said it was like 3500 people leafs were at top by a huge margin they got 37 percent <laughs> of the vote as oh the most God. annoying friend how crazy is that then the uh, the Senators were second with 10% of the vote. The Oilers and Rangers were tied for third and fourth with 9% of the vote. And then the Habs were at wow. 6% in fifth place. Uh, once you go below that, everyone's at like 4% or lower. And actually, about half the teams in the league were voted at 0 to 1%, uh, which is interesting because when you said the Bruins and the Devils, they were like sitting in like the bottom of this list. And I'm thinking to myself, how are people not annoyed with the Bruins? Their fans are from Boston. They're like some of the most annoying exactly. people in the world. I mean, maybe it's because yeah. we're from New York and we have a little bit more of that like that rivalry and kind of like the New York Boston thing. But yeah, I thought it was really funny yeah. to see the Leafs on top by such a huge margin though. Like I'm not surprised, but that was hilarious. Uh, no, that, that's actually awesome. Yeah. Uh, you, I, I would think some like the Philadelphia Flyers maybe, but since they haven't really been great for a while, they're, they're not really annoying. You know, like a lot of Philly fans are like kind of rabid mm-hmm. just in general, like football, basketball. Yeah, no, yeah, ser- no. I, that's what I mean. Like I, I, there were some I expected to see up there that were not. So it, it definitely, yeah. I think if you did a bit of a, maybe like a bigger study, uh, maybe like across the country, because I, I don't even know where this study was done. Maybe it, it was like a local thing. And this just happens to be kind of a result of the fact that this was done in like the West somewhere. I don't know. Who knows? Oh, but okay. I just thought that was a, just something interesting to throw in there. Uh, another another quick little interesting note. Um, DJ Smith did get fired, the coach for the Senators. I don't know that this came as a huge surprise to anybody. Uh, they have not been playing They're good struggling. at all this year. They're, you know, bottom of the league here, uh, which is a huge surprise considering how good, you know, the talent they have on that roster, the opportunity they had this year to kind of show up and, and try and be competitive here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really know that there's anything else to, to kind of say there. It, it's, it's just a tough situation right. in Ottawa all around <laughs> this year, and you just got to hope things get better, especially if you're an Ottawa fan. Uh, yeah, and then something funny that... Um, I'm sure some of you had seen on, on social media, uh, Connor Bedard and Victor Wenbenyama, the um, very highly touted rookie for the Spurs, who's having a pretty good year here. Uh, they met up and like signed jerseys for each other and stuff. You know, they're young superstars, number one overall picks in their respective sports. So, of course, they did like a media thing. But uh, it's just crazy seeing the height difference. Like Wenbenyama, that picture literally looks like he's like two times bigger than Bedard. Oh, yeah. And like, I know he's big, but like that actually, how tall is he? Because now I'm like... I think 7'1". I think 7'1". Seven, either seven foot exactly or like seven one. Like Dude, he's seven four. Okay, I'm wrong. Holy, wow. he's tied with Marjanovic as um the tallest player in the NBA Man. right now. Dude, he's got to blow away in the. Okay, no wonder. Wait, so if he's seven four, Bedard's like what five ten? If that, yeah, five if ten. That, yeah, yeah. Wow. So that'd be like if I'm standing next to one Benyama because me and Bedard are the same height. That dude, that's crazy. Wow, that's actually. Yeah, just thought I had to kind of throw that in there. Um. And then, not even that we really have to talk about this, just another thing to kind of throw out there. Um, you had actually brought brought it to my attention that Devin Taves for the Avalanche the other night in an in interview in his locker room was like literally like basically blasting his own teammates, which is just like, okay, dude, I get it. You just lost, but you're sitting at third in the central with 40 points, you know, one of the top teams in the league here. Yeah, maybe you're not playing as good as you want to, but maybe you shouldn't be blasting your own teammates in your locker room with them around you. I don't know. Just a thought. 
move on from that one. I don't know that we, I'll just drop the mic on that one. Let you guys think yeah, what you yeah. want with that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, with, with that, um, I don't know if you had any other kind of new stuff you want to touch on or if you want to move into uh, Light the Lamp and Bad Take Friday? No, I got no, yeah. Uh, no, I got nothing else. Um, we've got a few minutes left. So, yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I figured. Into that. So, uh, yeah, so I'll run real quick. I'll go through. I just had one Light the Lamp, um, and honestly, I got a notification about it. So, I'm you know, some of our listeners out there might have gotten the same notification and seen it. Um, I didn't even have to look for it. It was just presented to me on my phone, and it was gorgeous. So uh, Kirill Marchenko in the game the other night for the Blue Jackets in what she did record a hat trick, actually. But I think this was his first goal, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, regardless, they were on the power play. He gets the puck on his forehand with his back to the goalie. So he's to the right to the goalie with his back to the goalie. And, you know, he's right-handed, so that the puck is on his, uh, his right hand, right? He goes, like, between his legs basically flips around so he's facing the goalie and then well a defender is coming over just kind of like hits it with like the edge of his stick chips it right into the top right corner it, it was insane watching it in real like real time i seriously thought it hit like the defender's skate and wasn't even going to go anywhere near the net i still don't really know how it made it in the net but gorgeous play um really really good work by the blue jackets in that game they did end up winning that game so yeah uh check it out if you haven't seen it um but yeah i'm uh I know what yours is because nice. we were talking about it before, but I will let you, let you go on that one because yeah, it's a gorgeous goal, gorgeous goal. So, don't yeah. No, that one is amazing. And my second one, my, my only one that is pales in comparison to yours, but I still loved it, was the beautiful, beautiful tape-to-tape pass from Matty Beneers to Jordan Eberle. Um, and he just, like, he, he passed it right through two Kings defensemen, tape-to-tape, breakthrough, you know, awesome on, on uh, Jordan uh, Eberly also to stay on sides for this and just tucked it away for the Kraken. Uh, beautiful, beautiful pass. One of those moments that makes you like audibly go, ooh. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's good when it, when it makes you do that. Yeah. Like when you watch it and you're like, oh boy, that was nice. Like, yeah, like oh. Yeah. When I, I, you told me about that when I watched the replay, I think I literally did that probably. I think you might have actually. That's probably where you got it. Cause yeah, it. It was, this was what, like a half hour ago before the episode. So yeah, dude. <laughs> I definitely, yeah. I definitely was like, oh, that was a nice pass. No, yeah, seriously, seriously good pass. Nice little finish on the on the one on one as well. That was a very solid pick. Um, so yeah, you want to run your your bad take Friday first? Well, I scoured and I really couldn't find one, which sucks. So I was Fair hoping enough. you had one. I, I do, really I do, happy. and I have to, dude. These are hard. I know we keep saying they're hard I to know, find, I but sc- the thing is, you have to go like into the comments, and even at that, sometimes like. What I've been doing is going on, um, I read it on like the teams and on the NHL or whatever and scrolling through comments and just looking for comments that are downvoted a whole bunch. And then I read those. That's actually how I found mine today. This is one of the most horrid things I have laid my eyes on. I'm ready. So, oh, this is so dumb. So, so you know, the tier list generator, I'm sure you've seen the tier list. Like people just generate tier lists for like whatever they want. Right. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, So somebody, somebody built this little tier list, right? And it starts off at Stanley Cup Contender. And the first team on that list is the Hurricanes. And then it's the star, <laughs> the Stars, the Golden Knights, okay. and the Avalanche. Now, the Stars, the Golden Knights, and the Avalanche, sure, you could make a case for them being Stanley Cup Contenders. Even the Carolina Hurricanes, if you really, really wanted to. But right now, God Lord no, they don't even have a goalie in the net who can stop a, you know, a volleyball-sized hockey puck if it was shot at them. So I do not consider them a Stanley Cup contender right now. If they figure out their goaltending, sure. But this guy's a little bit delusional. That's not even like the worst part. Then it goes to good regular season team, but they don't have that dog in them. They put us in there (laughs) with the Maple Leafs, the Jets, the Bruins, and the Islanders. 
Uh, right off rip, Islanders and Jets, not even in the same category as us and the Bruins and the Leafs. No. Not even, no. They are at least a tier below us right now. Uh, and also, why are us and the Bruins not Stanley Cup contenders? Especially, I mean, even if you don't want to put us up on there, you don't Especially like the Rangers, whatever. Bruins, yeah. The freaking Bruins are, like, come on. They ran, also, they ran the league last year. They're doing the same thing this year. They should be Stanley Cup contenders. Like, yeah. Also, don't have that dog in them. The Austin Matthews, David Pasternak. Oh, yeah, Art no. Artemi Panarin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so three of the highest scores in the league don't have that dog in them, though. Okay. And also just that the Jets and the Islanders are in the same tier as us yeah, just drives funny. me crazy. But that then so funny. It, still, it still gets worse. All off, so this is all defense, no offense. And it's the Flames, the Predators, and the Capitals. Um, from, no from my memory, thank you, right? They don't. <laughs> they have Dude, no defense. the Preds have no defense. All they could do is score here and there. The Flames have no defense. And, like, it's they just, literally traded away like, Zadarov because they're, they're so they bad do. they don't need him. Like, and the Caps... Is defense goaltending also? I know. This like, just says maybe, all defense, no offense. All they no, have no. is... You want to hear those? Bro, this gets worse, though. This gets so much worse. This is the yeah. t- this is a tier called Have That Dog in Them. It's the Panthers, the Kings, <laughs> the Kraken, the Wild... And the blues, dude. Okay. What is the, what drugs is this guy on, and where can I get uh, them? Because this is atrocious. The Kings. Top tier shit. Thank you. Right. It, okay. The Kings should be three tiers above this. They should be in Stanley Cup contender or right below oh, way, the way they've played this year. And the fact that they're in the same tier as the Kraken and the Wild and the Blues, who might not even make the playoffs. Come on. Well, let's get real here. And then all offense slash no goalie. Or like so, it's all offense, and then there's no no defense, no goalies, and it's the Senators, the Devils, the Red Wings, and the Oilers. Now, the Oilers, the Red Wings, and the Devils—I guess you could say that's true. But I also think that they have a they have a lot more to their story, though. I feel like they should be a little bit higher up on this list because they are very skilled hockey teams. You know what I mean? Uh, The Sens have no business being anywhere near Mm -mm. this tier, though. They should be quite literally in a tier with the Sharks and the Blackhawks, Mm -hmm. but whatever. And then you go to suffering from old age and injuries. Penguins and the Lightning. Gotta agree with that one. That's uh, fair. This one kills me. It literally is called Not Allowed to Win the Cup. And it's the Sabres <laughs> and the Canucks. What? I mean, I know the Canucks are kind of cursed I mean, a little bit, but the way I they're playing... The Canucks. But, like, but... the way they're playing this year, though, come on, dude. Like, I just... Sabres makes perfect sense, though. Um, that, that, they, they, that makes perfect sense. This Thank is you. really funny, though. It, that it just gets, like, jokey. It's spelled... So this next tier is John Tortellini. It, it's not even <laughs> Tortellini's not even spelled right, and then it's just the Flyers, obviously. This is the Flyers, and then the next okay. tier is I'm just a baby, and it's the Habs, the Blue Jackets, and the Coyotes. Which I think the Coyotes <laughs> need to get a little bit more respect here. And then the last tier is should the NHL have relegation, like if it were like a European sports, you know, soccer league or whatever, where they like go up and down in divisions, and it's the Sharks, the Blackhawks, and the Ducks. Which I don't think <laughs> the Ducks belong in this category. I do think, I, I do think they're a little bit better than this guy gives them credit for. But yeah, this whole oh, tier yeah. list was just a joke and was just so shambolic that I thought it was worth just to go through for, for the laughs at least. I mean, that was, I got a good, I got a couple of good laughs out of that one. So, Oh, that's yeah. Good. And, uh, that's good. and, uh, with that one, I will drop the mic and, uh, I guess I'll, uh, I'll start, I'll, I'll give him, you know, I'll give my little, my little spiel here and then you'll close this out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I know we're, we're running over a little bit here. I didn't realize that would take so long, but very worth it. I hope those of you listen oh, to the end here that you enjoyed that one. That was probably my favorite segment of this episode. But uh, yeah, so another great episode in the books. Um, like John had said earlier, I don't think we are going to have one for you on Monday. Just, uh, you know, that is Christmas. So, you know, Christmas Eve the night before Christmas, uh, 
sure everyone will be busy. So I don't know that uh, anyone will really be looking for this anyway. So hopefully you all have, you know, wonderful Christmas. Um, if you don't celebrate Christmas, hopefully you have a wonderful holiday season regardless. And, you know, you'll enjoy catching us on, on next week's episode next Friday. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas and uh, shoot over John to close this out. Thank you again. Always is listening. Have an amazing holiday weekend with family, friends, and loved ones. Be sure to tell them at Christmas dinner about this show, please, and thank you. Um, and well, whatever holiday you celebrate, hopefully it's fantastic. And hope you look forward to watching some hockey on Saturday. And also probably, I think there's some on Tuesday, if not, then Wednesday. And hopefully you keep coming back to the show. Thanks again. Check us out on everything. And we will see you on the next one.